Hey, smart mamas. Welcome to the Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups podcast, a podcast about balancing mom life and work life and everything in between. Being a mama is a hard job. We are three nurse anesthetists reaching out to support and encourage other moms with hectic and chaotic lives. I want to be a nurse anesthetist. No topics are off limits. Relationships, finance, mental health, work. And we aren't sugarcoating anything. No way or way. This is real life, real moms, real advice. And we want this to be interactive. We want to hear from you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Welcome to another episode of Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups. We have a special guest today as requested by one of our listeners. So that's so exciting. Thank you for suggesting these things. They're always so much fun. And Michelle, welcome to the podcast. And so can you just kind of tell us what you do? What is a marriage coach and kind of how you got into that? Yeah. So my name is Michelle Perda and I'm a life and marriage coach for moms. So I actually work exclusively with women slash moms. And I got into this line of work actually by accident. (laughs) I used to work (laughs) for corporate. I followed the traditional route that my parents set out for me, you know, go to college, get a degree, go find a steady job. And so that's what I did. And Uh, I studied psychology, but didn't want to become a therapist and ended up in human resources. And then later on, after getting burnt out from doing too many layoffs, I went into project management. And when I got pregnant with my son, he's actually my second son because my oldest is my stepson. I went on maternity leave and I had every intention of going back to work, but the universe had different plans for me because all of a sudden I saw all these videos on like, abusive caretakers. I was like, there's no way I'm putting him to daycare. I'm just like, we're just gonna have to make this work. And so I went down the journey of like, what's my purpose? If I'm not going to work for someone else, what am I going to do with myself? I don't want to just do anything just to make money. And I went and did some soul searching, talked to some friends. I'm like, what do you think I'm good at? What do you like about like me? And so I stumbled on life coaching. I had no idea what it was before. And after reading up on it, I realized like, that's what I already do for my friends. I just thought that that was me being a friend, but that's not how friends normally talk to you, right? They don't like talk to you impartially or challenge your perspective and and so on and so forth. And so I got trained, became a life coach And after working with some clients, I quickly recognized that I really liked to work with moms, specifically with their marriage, because my marriage has gone through different cycles. When I first started dating my husband, he already had a son. And so I was not ready to be a mom at that point, but I dove right in. I was like, I'm going to be the best stepmom ever. And I completely lost myself in that process. Fast forward some years, we then had our own son and it happened again because I never had that newborn phase, right? never experienced Mm -hmm. that before. Lost myself in trying to figure out his naps, trying to figure out this whole breastfeeding journey. And I just like didn't know who I was anymore. I was just 1000% mom. I was no longer Michelle or even a wife. And my husband and I started fighting a lot. 
And I was like, wait a minute, this is not why we chose to have a family. This is not what I signed up for. I don't want to hate you. I don't want to like have this kid and then end up divorcing or become strangers over time. And so it totally makes sense looking backwards because also like my parents didn't have a healthy marriage. And so I took what I learned from them into every single relationship and I started recognizing, oh, I'm like with a different person, but I'm in the same relationship. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. same problems, I'm being the same me, they're being the same type of person and we were stepping into the same patterns. And so it was in doing a lot of internal work myself, improving my communication skills and really loving myself first, where I have been able to create this like conscious relationship with my husband, where we actually grow closer with every conflict. And I think society as a whole tends to view conflict as like, oh no, like if you fight, you're like doomed. Your your marriage is not doing great, but that's not the problem, right? It's often the problem is how you fight. And so that's why I became a marriage coach. I had a lot to say about it. And I'm constantly practicing what I preach. And I just want to see every mom happy in their marriage and not like not assume that once you have kids, that marriage is put on pause until they move out or until they become more independent, but that they can enjoy their marriage even while raising kids. Like they don't have to decide whether they're just a mom or just a wife or just a woman. They get to be all three. That's really powerful. And I mean, I can totally relate to everything that you're saying in terms of like losing yourself. I've shared this story before, but like the first time I remember like dropping, I was picking my son up at daycare and he was six months old. We'd been there for a couple of weeks or something. And they're like, oh, Owen's mom is here. And I was like, Owen's mom, like, like that was just such a weird, it was like, I stopped being Lacey and I started being Owen's mom. And it was just like such a weird, like mind thing for a second that I was like, like the person that I am like changed like the way that I relate to other people is not as myself, but as my son's mom. And so I know exactly like what you're referring to here, where it's like you lose yourself in trying to do all the tasks and do them all really well, right? Like you said, the nap is and the breastfeeding and all those things. And you're trying to do them all right. And there's so many different ways to do them correctly. (laughs) In many, you know what I mean? Like you can sleep train, you cannot sleep train and your kid may or may not be sleeping well at five. (laughs) And, And so then it's like trying so hard to do all the things and you lose yourself. And then in a sense, you lose your marriage too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so much to focus on and we often get judged so hard on how we mother that we tend to shift our full focus on that as if that kind of like creates our sense of worthiness, like how good we are at being a mom or how I like to say it, like how much we fit into that box of what a good mom means, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's super easy. And plus like naturally, instinctively, we do defer to caring for the child more so than our marriage because you look at your husband, you're like, you're a grown man. You got this. <laughs> this person is literally helpless. Like they cannot survive without me. Like unlike other animals, right? They're, they're literally helpless for a long time. And mm-hmm. so 
they deserve my focus. And plus I have this like innate, like survival instinct to take care of this person. And so we often go into autopilot and we don't recognize that we're starting to disconnect from our marriage slowly, little bit by little bit, but then it becomes exponential. And then next thing you know, you're like, how do we get here? Mm-hmm. How come we don't know how to talk to each other anymore? How come all we talk about is logistics? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The shift is like, it happens fast and you don't even know it's happening. No, Ellen, you're... So what are your top tips, would you say, for to avoid that? I would say is to make sure you continue dating each other. That is so important. Like, I don't care how tired you are. You need to figure it out because your marriage is much like a plant. You can't just like leave it sitting there and not water it for years and expect it to be like alive and thriving, right? You need to communicate and connect regularly. I mean, top tips, like there's so much. It also depends on where you're starting, right? What's your baseline? I don't know what your parents' relationship was like, but if communication wasn't a thing, if taking personal responsibility wasn't a thing or self-awareness, all of that is pivotal when it comes to really having your relationship thrive. Because if you are not self-aware of your own needs, of your own behaviors and how you show up in the marriage and how you contribute to the patterns that exist in your marriage, it's not just one-sided, right? Both of you play into it. It's hard to have like full-on productive conversations if you don't have that piece. So now I have a question on, cause I mean, I feel like the, I've heard the advice, like date your spouse a lot and yeah. yet like, what does that exactly mean? Because like, if you're that. having trouble talking about anything, but like logistics, and then mm-hmm. you go on a date and you sit at dinner and you talk about how you're going to schedule your next week and the logistics of school and whatever issue happened with the teacher and the fight at the play, whatever, all the things with the kids and all the schedules and the naps. And we need to, we need to move this kid up to this, do that, whatever. Like Mm -hmm. you end up just falling into the same thing. So yeah, yeah. You're paying a babysitter to go have the same logistical conversation that you have. So like, how do you fall out of that habit and into that like conversational awareness date? So one key word that I just heard you say is fall out of that habit, right? Habit is something that you habitually do. You just like do it all the time, which means on your, you're on autopilot. And the key here is to be intentional. So if you're going to mm-hmm. go pay a babysitter to go on this date, make it a rule that you don't talk about the kids. Or maybe you set a timer like, let's talk about the kids for five minutes. And then after that, let's pretend we have no kids right? They're well taken care of. Let's connect. And whatever that means to you, like date night could mean something different for everyone. You can play a board game. You can go out to dinner. You can like go to an escape room. You can have fun and be silly, or you can do something deep and meaningful. Whatever it is that drew you two together in the first place, bring that back. Bring that version of you back. Like what attracted you to your partner? What was attracted to your partner from you, right? Remember who you are. Remember what you enjoy about each other. Do more of those things or do something new and learn something new about yourselves and create new memories. 
the possibilities are truly endless if you have an open mind instead of focusing on, we don't know how to talk. Like when we focus on the problem, you're closing yourself off to all possibility, right? When you're thinking about an intention, like my intention is to connect. Okay, well, what does that mean to me? When do I feel most connected to my partner? When does my partner feel most connected to me? Then you start having ideas come up and then you have things to work off of. Yeah, I think the problem for a lot of people probably, or I don't know, maybe just for like, if I'm trying to judge it from their um, shoes is it's really hard to remember like who your partner is and what brought you two Mm -hmm. together when you can't even remember who you are as a person. And I think part Mm -hmm. of the problem, like we said before, is like we lose ourselves first. Yeah. And then you lose your partner and then you lose your marriage and it's like this whole thing. And then you have to start from like literally the grounds up and figure out who you are Uh to begin with. Right. So what do you think, why do men have a much tougher time accepting a female as a breadwinner in the home rather than the other way around? Society. Society patriarchy. I mean, you name it. It's all of that. It really depends on how they grew up too, like what their parents valued and and thought was normal and the messaging that they received, right? And also their ego, honestly, like what are they making that mean about them instead of like, oh, we have a bigger pot to work from. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that I'm less of a man, right? Because they grow up believing that their worth is in what they can provide. But what if what they can provide isn't only financial, but emotional, which they're also not typically not raised. And stability, that's right. Yeah. And so we're in this really strange time where that's starting to shift, right? We're starting to be more conscious parents in that we want to raise our sons to be emotionally supportive as well as like just in all ways that they can be supportive. And our partners may be coming from marriages that didn't exist. It was just like, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was like, my dad was like, I make money. I don't have to do anything else. That's my single job, right? And he's he wasn't expected or, or raised to be like, hey, be kind. Think about other people. It was like, what skills do you have? Hone in on that. How can you make money? Go do that. What sports can you do? Yeah, Go get better at that, sure. right? It was not about nurturing. Mm-hmm. We were raised how to nurture and like, yeah. oh, what dolls do you have? Can you like, can you cook me something in your kitchen, right? So it was very separated in terms of like gender roles, like pink and blue roles, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas now we're like, hey, boys, you can do laundry too. You can cook too. What do you like to do? You can play with dolls. Like we're way more open. And so we're caught in this place where we're like, coming from the old generations, like their way of thinking, but trying to create something new. And our partners were not raised in the way that we're trying to raise our kids. So there's a lot of unlearning and and revisioning, right? Like, okay, well, I understand that's how you grew up and what you saw. This is what I'm aspiring to create for ourselves, to model to our children. Are you on board with that? right? And unfortunately, a lot of women don't have that conversation beforehand. And so they're caught like, we have kids now. And now I'm realizing we may not be on the same page. 
And so you I have to have that, that tough yeah. conversation. I think that that does happen where it's like you, like, or you thought you were on the same page. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, oh, but like, oh, okay, I'm going to like, let's just use an example of like, I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. And like, we're aggressive here. Like, I'm a, like mom works, dad is going to be a stay-at-home dad and be with the kids. And then it's like, oh, but, but mom still does the laundry, right? Or something mm-hmm. like that, where it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. but maybe we're not quite on the same page like I thought we were. And right. I think that right. that's kind of where some of the like resentment might build. Totally. Yeah. I think the other thing that's funny is to think about that. Now, maybe I'm off on this, but do you feel like our generation now compared to like when we were kids, the number of stay-at-home moms or like the acceptance of staying home to raise the kids back then was like across the board, almost a hundred percent. And the man, like you said, was the provider and the mom would stay home and raise the kids. So they never had someone competing with income with them. Yeah. Whereas now the shift has occurred where like women don't stay at home to raise kids anymore, not as much, or like most families now to keep up with the times have to be double income households. So I think like for my at least like from my experience, like my husband and like people I know were raised by moms who stayed home to raise them and the dad worked. And so it was like modeled to them that the woman doesn't contribute financially as much or at all. And because of that, not only is the father seen as the provider, the female is not even seen as a, at all a provider or equal or higher than. And so Mm -hmm. now like, women are putting their careers first and they're going for that first. And then we need a double income household nowadays to survive. So I think maybe that's a difference too, is like they never saw it growing up. So it's weird for them to see that complete shift. A a thousand percent. And is it their fault? No, but it is their responsibility to have that conversation and, and to take personal responsibility over their assumptions and their beliefs and have that conversation with their partners, should that be different, right? If that's the vision that doesn't match, then that needs to be sorted out, right? Whether it means you guys like work together or he legitimately is not okay with that. And then you have to decide like, maybe we're not suitable for each other. So I really love the question that you asked, like, what does that mean about me? And that can be asked to a male or like a man or a woman or to women or to men in in a marriage is like, so let's say I'm the main breadwinner. What does that mean about me? Does that mean I feel extra pressure? Does that mean I feel like, what what do I make that mean about me? And how do I feel about that? And then like, and am I a stay-at-home dad? And then what does that mean about me and my worth and my contribution? So I think that like for both people in a marriage, that question when there's a topic like this, that's kind of something that is outside of like our societal like expectations, like, I don't know, I guess I'm trying to say like what, like that's a really good place to start and ask, like, what does this mean about me? Yeah, I mean, that kind of line of questioning is what you should do in every situation where you're like, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like what's going on. 
because oftentimes there's so much below the surface that we don't consider because our thoughts are so many layers deep that we often just like take the, the surface layer and run with it. But we don't think in question, well, why do I think that? What are my assumptions and beliefs that are, are bringing us to this moment, right? And it's possible that the sole provider or the, the, the breadwinner is like, oh, I, I didn't realize I believe that because I'm the main breadwinner, I don't have to do as much, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or that, or the, my assumption was, oh, I thought you were going to take care of all the house things and I just to get to come home and enjoy the kids because I've been working so hard and I need a break, mm-hmm. right? So much of that gets left behind because we don't give ourselves a time to actually process and understand ourselves. Like that's why I, I was talking about self-awareness is so, so important for everybody in all situations. And so it's in asking yourself these types of questions that dig five layers deep or more that really bring up the vulnerable, real, effective, productive conversations mm-hmm. instead of like the those like conversations, like those arguments that you see on TV where you just like, maybe it's just me because I'm a marriage coach, but like I'm watching them and I'm like, you're talking about nothing. Like there's literally nothing moving forward in the conversation. You're having two separate conversations. It's like you're both mm-hmm. talking to a brick wall. Right. That's what happens. We don't take the time to process and figure yourself out before you talk to your partner. So, what would be some tips you would give people to help them reconcile this issue in their marriage of like the female breadwinner? Or what can you, how can you guide them? What would, what advice would you give if it was a client of yours? If it was a client of mine, I would ask them to first, like, like I said, spend time with themselves. Like, how do they see life working as the main breadwinner? How do you want life to be like? Like you go to work, you come home. What does life look like? How does that feel? And think about all aspects of your life that are influenced by this, by this shift in your roles, right? So no, And then have that honest conversation. This, yeah. Is it, how do you... How do you want life to look or what yes, does do want? life look like? Because those can be two different things depending Absolutely. on what situation you're in. Right. It's how do you want life to look like? It's mm-hmm. not that it's going to 100% match that because you still have this other half of the relationship to consider, right? But you first have to be clear on what are you even saying other than I don't like what I have right now, right? Because when you approach the conversation with, I don't like this. It's kind of like that question, what's for, or what do you want to eat for dinner? Right? <laughs> I know all women can relate to this. We're like, um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right? And yeah. they're like, uh, I don't know what to do with that. Okay, well, do you want Mexican? No. Do you want, you know, Japanese? No. Okay, like all of this <laughs> doesn't help narrow it down or inspire like what would help them get closer to it. So you ending the work there at like, I don't like this is not helpful, right? I, it is I know what I know don't what want. Don't like. I really don't know right. what I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel exactly. like every, and we every stop woman there. listening to this right now feels very attacked. <laughs> <laughs> and, and trust me, I completely understand. And I was there, right? And I wish I could be like, okay, I've got this magic wand. Here you go. 
wave it around and now your husband suddenly can read your mind. But it doesn't work like that, right? We have to figure out ourselves. It's, it is our personal responsibility to know what we want, right? Even if it takes time, even if it means exploring and testing and tweaking, it doesn't mean like I have to know 100%, but at least try, right? And have that conversation, open it up and be like, I just know I don't want what's going on right now. I like these parts. I don't like these parts. I'd like to shift to feeling this. And in order to feel like this, I think that this is what I'll need, right? Again, trial and error, because you just never know. Sometimes some things sound good in theory. And then when you play it out, it's like, oh, that's terrible, right? That's a really good, like, linear thought process. Like, I feel like, I just need to tell everybody to like rewind like 30 to 45 seconds and listen to that again because like that is a really good thought process through that like I know what I don't want but I'm not quite exactly sure what it looks like what I do want. I love that. So now yeah. I'm going to switch gears here for a second and just say like ask what is marriage coaching versus like marriage therapy? And like, like how do you get your spouse on board with this idea? Because if you like, I feel like if I were to call my husband and be like, I think we need marriage counseling. He's like, oh boy, here comes the divorce. And I'm like, no, like, no. Like we talked about this on the phone where it's like, if you don't ever, like you can buy the prettiest plant in the store and if you don't ever water it and you hide it in a closet, then like it doesn't actually, like it eventually will die. And so how do you like sell the idea of like marriage coaching to your spouse when it's like not a like last ditch effort? Yeah. So for, okay, so let's back up. The difference between life coaching in general, right? And therapy is that life coaching is very action oriented, right? And so we think about where are you now and where do you want to go? right? And then we consider everything that needs to happen in order to propel you forward. So there's an action item for you every single session, whether it's to reflect, whether it's to try something, whether it's to have a conversation with your husband or do something for yourself, whatever, right? It's all mindset stuff, okay? When it comes to therapy, it's a lot of reflecting, a lot of going back into your past and processing what what might be contributing to this moment, right? Life coaching does that, but it doesn't go into like trauma. It doesn't go into mental health issues like anxiety, depression, and all that stuff that you can diagnose. Therapists are great for what I say, getting you from not great to good. I would say life coaching is to get like a pretty steady person to something great. Yeah. Make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when I think about marriage counseling, you have to have both people there. And so oftentimes a counselor is like playing referee, which is why I didn't want to go into this, by the way, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go into therapy because this reason. They essentially use the counselor as an interpreter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel. And then it comes off like their unfiltered way that can probably cause more conflict. And the, the, the counselor then says, okay, say it this way while the partner's also there. Or they're there to translate, okay, 
So what she's saying is this, or what he's saying is this. And then they try and get you to like work together on on that front. (laughs) Whereas marriage coach, or at least how I do marriage coaching, I look at you as a woman. You are my priority. So how are you on your your spectrum of self-love? How well do you take care of yourself? Because that all of that plays into how you show up as a mom and as a, a wife, right? Okay, so let's talk about communication. How are you communicating? Let's role play and figure out how we can empower you to say your truth, but in a way that is better received, right? Talk about partnership and your beliefs and challenge like your thought process to expand your perspective so that you can pivot during these like moments of high conflict and know how to support yourself, be heard and be present for your partner. So very similar, but also there are differences. Yeah. And how do you function mostly like face-to-face or do you do a lot of virtual? How can I, how can people book I'm you? I'm hundred percent virtual. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So you'll so, talk to anyone all over the United States. I have like three people in mind who like need to call me. <laughs> I'm I even one have, I have international clients as well. Wow, so that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's beautiful in that I'm not limited by state like therapy. Is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about where people can find you and how they can kind of see your services and look into more about yeah. you? So my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. So if you're on there, you can find me at Michelle Perda Coaching. I share lots of stuff there. I, I share a lot about communication. So if communication is a struggle for you, you're going to really want to go there. I do fun reels. I'm active on stories every day. So that's a good place to connect with me. I also have a private community on Facebook. It's called Marriage and Motherhood. It's with the ampersand. So either of those two places are a great place to connect with me. Okay. Do you have a website that uh, yeah. people should so check my out website, too? Yes. My website is michelleperda.com. Excellent. Yeah. Well... This has been a great episode and I feel like we really touched on like a lot of different things in terms of like communication and like expectation and like figuring out how to figure out what you want. I love that. (laughs) It's work. (laughs) Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with us and a big shout out to... and. I can't remember the name of your friend who... <laughs> MJ or Mary MJ. Jane. Yes, yes, that is right. I talked to her for a while too. So a big shout out to MJ for requesting you and requesting this topic because it's it's a big one. It's a hard one. And yeah. it's one that a lot of people find themselves in. So thank you so much for chatting with us tonight. And we look forward to catching up with you soon. I'm definitely following you on Instagram right now. <laughs> yeah, Thanks I, for having uh, By the way, it's Perda with a T because I've been trying to find her for the whole time and I couldn't. And it's because I was using a D. So ah, uh, uh, yes. Oh, P-U-R-T-A. Yes. And if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, we are at Hey Smart Mamas. Lacey is at Miss Lacey Lee. I am at Ellen Lawletta and Crystal is at STL underscore injector. You can always hop on over there, send us a message and let us know what your thoughts are. Send us some ideas on who you want us to chat with and what topics you want us to cover. Because this is the awesome, I almost said recipes, episodes that come out of things like that, the messages that we get. So give us a shout, leave us a rating and a review on wherever you listen to podcasts and we will love you forever. 
Thanks, guys. Good night. Thank you so much.